Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Today, we will explore the fascinating tale of Stanley Meir and his invention of a water-powered car. Join us as we uncover the mysteries. So, have you heard of this guy named Stanley Meir? have not. So, he was the scientist in the 90s who had claimed that he invented um, a water-powered car. And before his invention could get patented, he mysteriously died. Days before. Let's get into it. Uh, Stanley Meyer, Meir, excuse me, was an American inventor and entrepreneur known for his claims of having a developed a technology compatible of running a car on water as a fuel source. Born in 1940, Meyer grew up with an interest in electronics and mechanics. He held various patents related to electronic control systems and, most notably, his invention of a purported water fuel cell. Meyer claimed that his water fuel cell could spill water into its components, hydrogen and oxygen, using a process to consume minimal energy and produce a combustible gas. According to him, this gas could be used as a fuel source for internal combustion engines, replacing traditional gasoline. So he gained attention in the 1990s after public demonstrations of a dune buggy purportedly running on water. Mir claimed about the water-powered car and the technology behind it, it sparked significant interest and attention. Mir faced skepticism from the scientific community and was unable to provide evidence or allow independent verification of his invention. So this guy was extremely secretive about his patent because he was afraid that um, before he can get it patented, the technology would be either copied and stolen, or he would not see the patent uh, be produced. Mm. So, the water power car, Stanley Meyer, uh, Mr. Meyer, claimed that his car could run on water as a fuel source by utilizing a device name known as a water fuel cell or water splitter. He asserted that this device could split water. I think I just read all that. Mm-mm. So he uh, claimed that this device could split water molecules, H2O, into their component parts, hydrogen and oxygen, through a process called uh, electrosis. Electrolysis. Electrolysis. 
Electrolysis. Well done. Uh, so what's the conspiracy theory behind it? Uh, the conspiracy theory surrounding Stanley Meyer's invention of a water-powered car revolve around the notion that his technology posed a threat to established industries, particularly oil companies and their interest in maintaining the dominance of traditional fossil fuels. One prevalent theory suggests that powerful entities such as oil companies or even government agencies might have sought to suppress Meyer's invention. The argument goes that if the car if a car running on water becomes a reality, it could significantly disrupt the multi-billion dollar oil industry and undermine its control over the energy market. This potential disruption, according to the theory, led to efforts to suppress, discredit, or even eliminate Meyer and his invention. Meyer claims that Meyer faced interference or obstruction from government agencies who allegedly sought to prevent the widespread adoption of his technology. This narrative portrays Meyer as a victim of a larger conspiracy aimed at maintaining the status quo of traditional energy sources. So scientists who um, came up with different products of or engineering feats of like free energy have a lot of them had mysteriously either disappeared or passed away under unforeseen circumstances um, or their patents were stolen and they died penniless like uh, what's his name Nikola Tesla um, let's continue the combination of skepticism from the scientific community and the backdrop of conspiracy theories regarding suppression by powerful interests uh, contributed to the controversy and uncertainty surrounding Meyer's claims about water power car. The challenges and controversies. Stanley Meyer's claim of a water-powered car faced significant controversy due to the absence of a public, publicly demonstrated, independently verified working model of his invention. Despite several public demonstrations and showcases, Meyer did not provide a fully transparent and open examination of his technology to allow for independent, independent validation. Before we get into the next one, why do you... Um do you have any theories or mm. um I can believe that they tried to hinder his progression in creating this model or putting it out there because whenever you can create something that doesn't require energy that you have to pay for mm. um it doesn't likely show the light of day mm. I agree. One of the primary controversies surrounding Meyer's invention was the lack of empirical evidence or scientific validation supporting his claims. He offered demonstrations of vehicles allegedly running on water, but experts and scientists noted that these displays lacked the necessary rigor and transparency to validate the technology's 
functionality and feasibility. Meyer's reluctant or failure to subject his inventions to detailed and unbiased scrutiny led to skepticism and raised doubts about the credibility of his claims. Meyer's legacy and impact. Let's see what that is about. Despite the controversies and skepticism surrounding Stanley, his legacy endures as an influential figure in the realm of alternative energy research. Meyer's vision and pursuit of water-powered car ignited a spark of curiosity and innovation in the field of clean energy. So, I don't know what to believe because there has been a lot of scientists or let's just say backyard scientists per se with claims of creating things with free energy and all of a sudden they just disappear out of nowhere. Would you believe that these oil companies or government agencies or what have you would do something to those scientists or backyard scientists that I guess killed them or took them out I think what happens is sometimes when you're in a position of power mm-hmm you demonstrate your um, you demonstrate your character based upon you being greedy to be honest mm-hmm. I think sometimes we give money a significant value and a lot of the times when you see something that takes away from a person's wealth or takes away from that potential of making money from something, you're likely not going to want that thing to continue. Mm-hmm. And I see that with most of what we have in our existence as, I guess, American citizens, where everything that allows us to function or survive as an individual costs. I'm not saying like a regular general grocery store, what have you, but when it comes to our health, we have to pay for the health care that we get. But why, you know? No. Why should it be that we have to pay for certain things in order to survive or to make our lives easier? We have the ability to have free electricity. We have the ability to have free things that are powered by other sources of energy mm-hmm. that do not affect our planet. But when it all boils down to it, Whatever is making the most money, regardless of whether or not it's going to cause cancer to a certain percentage of people mm-hmm. or cause the earth to potentially, you know, <laughs> disappear. Mm-hmm. What, what it boils down to is what's going to make someone wealthier. And so when I hear stories like the one that we shared, it's pretty much inevitable to have stories like this come about and I don't think it's shocking and I don't think from my own perspective I believe that it is a coincidence mm-hmm. you have to keep certain things in line in order for your wealth to increase 
it seems like to me that um, these powerful entities would rather see the world destroyed before they can give out free energy or free like intellectual properties. Your money won't mean anything if the world isn't here. You know what I mean? Like, but if you really think about it, the most wealthy people are attached to another person's suffering. Mm-hmm. If if you really want to think about it, anybody that has the most amount of wealth equates to someone suffering from that person maintaining their wealth. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. There wouldn't be anything if we existed, but if you already know that the planet is gonna die anyway, why would not why not go out with a bang? Mm. There must be something that we don't know, or you know, scientifically, we go through the process of renewing the Earth. So if we're close to that stage, why not go all out if you have the means? Mm-hmm. I I don't think they live in the same world we do. Whatever makes more money and whatever makes them more powerful is their agenda. Who cares what, you know, the mass <laughs> or the average person like you or I. It's crazy. Um, like I mentioned before about um Nikola Tesla, he had dreams of free electricity, like pulling electricity out of um the atmosphere um into one of his machines and providing that free um, patent to anyone and everyone. Um, He got these ideas from ancient Egypt. Um, Some people believe that obelisks and pyramids um, were created to gather energy from the world and those ancient Egyptians would use that energy to you know, do whatever they did with it. So he created this um, alternate current generator machine that pulled electricity out of the atmosphere. But he was in competition with another guy who um, created the AC-DC current, pretty much what we use now um, in the wall. And this guy was a very rich man. He defamed Nikola Tesla. He put out like um, bad uh, gossip about him. Um, Nikola Tesla lost a lot of his um, contributors with money and all that. And even though a lot of the stuff that we use today was invented by him, or a lot of the ideas that he created back in the early 1900s, 1800s, we still use today. He died a penniless dude, you know what I mean? And um, it's funny. When he died, um, our previous president's great uncle, I forget what his name was, but he was a Trump. He was a part of the FBI. And they went to raid his house and took a lot of his um, ideas and inventions, packed them all up, and they just disappeared. You know what I mean? But my whole point is that 
a lot of the inventions and the ideas that these scientists are using today, the ancestors have been doing it for like forever. And for some reason we have like crazy amnesia or how we don't like remember how that how they used to do things back then. No, it's just very weird. Very weird. There was another guy, I forget what his name was, but um he created a machine. It was a black man. He created a machine that took moisture out of the air to create water. Can't remember this guy's name, but I've seen it. But he wanted to create these machines and take them to Africa so people could have clean water or whatnot. But he ended up ended up disappearing too. There was like a news story about him as well, but he just ended up disappearing, and we never really heard about from him or about him again. It's um, I mean, something even in politics when Gaddafi ended up being, you know, taken out by the United States. But prior to that, his whole goal was to provide electricity or provide a means of resources. Or, you know, Africa has ample resources. Mm-hmm. But for Africa to 100, 100% fully survive off of its own energy and its own, you mm-hmm. know, m- money. Mm-hmm. So one thing that he had discussed was that he wanted uh, one currency for the entire continent of Africa. And then secondly, he he wanted everybody to have what Libya had at the time, which was free electricity and free education for all. Yeah. He's not here anymore. And it was to be a predominantly um, relig- Muslim religious country, right? He had a lot of women in power. Uh, most of his um, security um, detail was women. <laughs> I'm not pretty sure that um, other Muslim countries in the U.S. didn't like that, so they had to, you know. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of hard to kind of have a conversation about that topic because I think it's separate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like most, I think sometimes women are not really seen as women, but mm-hmm. idolized as things. And I think that one of the things that he enjoyed most was women. So he had a lot of them around him at all times. I wonder what, in what way did he enjoy them? <laughs> well, you know, they could be his uh, guards, but a lot mm-hmm. of the times I think it was more of a fantasy than it being a respect of them. I'm just... Why is it so hard for... um? people to accept that we don't really we're not born we're not on this planet to work until we are too old to enjoy life to pay for groceries to pay for electricity to pay for bills like they convinced us that we have to go to the store in order to get sustenance and food and stuff like that. When the food is already out here. It's designed that way. Right. It's designed that way. I think, yes, we could all think we're not working tomorrow, but literally we'll be homeless. 
and then it'll make us hard to survive as homeless people. Mm. And then on top of that, it's like the bills that you don't pay are always going to follow you. Mm-hmm. They don't disappear. So it's like you end up having a sense of fear or urgency to do the right thing or to follow that wheel. Otherwise, your whole life is going to change and flip upside down. Could be for the good, but it also could be for the, the worst. Are we living in a a human-created simulation or matrix? Could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matrix, for sure. Um, we don't get to decide or wake up in the morning and be like, hey, you know, I want to do this thing. Unless you have the means and the resources to do so. Mm. Some of us don't have the luxury to just do nothing. Mm. And others do because they have the resources to say, you know what? I'm rich enough not to lift a finger. I'll get somebody else to do it for me. Mm. I'll get somebody else to think for me. I'll get somebody else to do this and that and this and that. The same way I'll get somebody to hire someone to get rid of the people that are causing trouble Mm. by making inventions that are messing with my finances. This world is a very weird place. It's weird, but I think there's a fixation over power that's causing our demise. Say that again. That was good. Say that again. I can't because I don't even remember. You said there's a fixation of power that cause that is causing our demise. That's causing our demise. Yes, everybody wants to be in control of something. And that's our weakness as individuals and human beings. Why are we not in control of ourselves, though? Like, why are we easily influenced to believe this BS? We're not. It's by design. We're born into something that we didn't ask for. And whether or not we see it show up in different ways, I think subconsciously we're stuck in something that we didn't really decide to do ourselves. Control, I think, is designed just like racism is designed, just like classism is designed. It's all a design. We all are smart enough to know the result or like the reasons behind something, but we never know the solution into how to either move out of it or progress without it. I agree with most of that, but I don't. Sometimes I don't want to say people aren't smart, but people. Um, I have a lot of hope for people, right? But a lot of us are content with our circumstance, and we feed into the nonsense that's pushed out to us. It don't cost anything to mind our damn business, but we're constantly bombarded with celebrity gossip, um, war, media, just social settings, work, every all of the above, right? I know more about Krishan and Blueface than I know anything that's going on <laughs> on the other side of but the world. What, yeah, what we view as entertainment, though, is also part of programming. Mm. Anything that we 
visually think is something entertaining is programming and it's a distraction. Mm. Um, the same way I'm feeling like this whole this whole thing that deals with power and us, you know, being fixated. I think the whole our main issue as individuals is that or I would say as victims of power is that we do feel like we need to be in control of something. But I think that the moment that shifts, it shows up as depression. It shows up as certain things that are physically impacting our bodies because we know something's wrong. But we don't know how to step out of that because we're stuck in a programming we didn't ask for. Do you think a lot of us have Stockholm Syndrome? Mm. Is Stockholm Syndrome where you are feeling victimized or you don't feel victimized, but you are succumbing to something that is bad for you and you don't know how to get out? Like slavery? Right, but as someone who's enslaved conscious of them being enslaved? Nat Turner was. So, but it's Stockholm Syndrome. I think Stockholm Syndrome is when you do when you are attached to something that you're not aware that you're attached to. And so it becomes Stockholm because that thing is constantly um, pulling you or brainwashing you into believing something. You believe it, but you don't know how, why you believe in that thing. Mm. I, I'm asking a question because I actually don't know that. I think a lot of it is conditioning too, right? Um, <laughs> it's like this story constantly repeats itself with whether it be a rebellion against the machine you know whether it's Jesus rebelling against the Romans or Moses rebelling against um, the the evil Pharaoh or if it's Nat Turner rebelling against slave masters or Martin Luther King rebelling against you know, Jim Crow laws, same thing with Malcolm X. I think that the majority of us sees and understands the plight, but the majority of us does not want to stick our necks out there and be Leaders, because leaders get assassinated. Leaders get um, put up to the slaughter and, and, and shown to the masses. Like, look what we did. If you try to rise, the same thing will happen to you. You know what I mean? Um, when I think about these scientists inventing um, things to help benefit humanity... The same thing happens to them. They're revolutionaries in a sense, right? They're going against the machine. And the machine cuts us down. But we're still aware and we still notice that there's some fuckery going on. And I think the cycle just continues and continues and continues. Yeah, I think our true liberation will result when we no longer have that sense of fear of being judged mm -hmm. 
or have that sense of fear of feeling like there's something or someone better than what we show up as. Um, like I said, there's many distractions in this world that make us feel or make us obligated to follow one thing. Mm -hmm. But did that come from our own conscious understanding of why we're doing that thing? Or does it come from what was designed for us to do? The same way it's like we don't we rarely hear stories about people like this inventor. Rather we hear about the person who invented a different version of that that is monetizing significantly mm -hmm. off of that product. So why if we're if we were free, why wouldn't we have available information from both perspectives or a choice? Mm -hmm. You can pick this version of what the inventor created, or you can pick this version. But there's a specific version that they constantly want us to have because why? Same thing with what's going on with Palestine, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that they've there are still multiple different wars going on right now. Mm -hmm. But why are we focusing on the lens? And I think it's valid, right? Palestine is devastating. What's happening there is devastating. But there are so many wars that we have no idea are connected to one another. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why there's something going on in Palestine. There's a reason why there's something going on in Congo. There's a reason mm -hmm. why there's something going on in Sudan. There's a reason why so on and so forth. That all of the, And it's all connected. Mm -hmm. They all are rooted in the same... The same person's hand. Evil. Who's, you know, it's evil, but it's like the same person that is inheriting the wealth of... We're monetizing off of the suffering of people. Mm -hmm. They're all people. We're all human. We're all connected in that manner. But we even have it so that we're programmed into thinking we're separate because we have things that are countries, because we have continents. Now we have different languages. So we're creating barriers that we don't even need. Mm -hmm. But when we create barriers, we forget how close we are rather than how distant we are or how our experiences are similar because by design, there are things in place that divide us instead of bringing us together. It's a really insane concept to believe that my God is better than your God or I'm the chosen one and you're not the chosen one. We stick to these tribes and other people for some reason. Like you said, by design. Because somebody would probably um, benefit financially from that if it's not some type of government interfering or, mm -hmm. you know, producing these different um, stressful situations with different countries. Or after the war, these contractors get paid a lot of money to rebuild. You know what I mean? And then you got people selling the guns. You got... A lot of the guns that the cartel is using in Mexico come from the United States. Why is that? It's by design. It's by design to and, create that yeah. chaos. And like you said, so that's when I think that Stockholm Syndrome is inherited. Because at some point, the cartel doesn't even know that whatever they got going on was designed by somebody that had nothing to do with what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Same with the Crips and the Bloods. Mm -hmm. There was a reason those things were in place, but at some point it's like, oh, we're against each other, when the whole point of their gangs 
I, correct me if I'm wrong, was to protect their hoods. It was to protect neighbors. It it was from, outsourced from um the Black Panther movement. That's what I'm saying. So it was creating your own space and area, but then how to be become a rival between certain regions that are of the same, you know, mm-hmm. complexion. Mm-hmm. So things are by design, and I think there's a specific reason that they're behind through, you know, they have that under design. Um, but I can see a shift in how people are now questioning, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't really approach certain things the same way it once used to be approached, where in the media they like define certain things, right? As if an incident happened in the media, how they would portray or write something up about a person, whether they mm-hmm. looked a certain way. But now you can't do that because it's not flying, right? You have people from all walks of life, from different races and genders that are standing up for each other and being like, this is not right and this is not how you should write this. So they really have to work hard into finding ways to divide us. One of those things, which is a clear example of a recent one, was trying to obliterate TikTok, Mm -hmm. right? Because they found that TikTok has now made the world much smaller and closer, right? Mm. We're learning more news. Like, people are more on TikTok than they are watching CNN because they know it's full of lies. Or even Google. Or even Google. Mm -hmm. But you have a sense of community that's being built in a space like TikTok where it's never been seen before, where I can compare it to Instagram. And Instagram is more like you show off your, you know, you're showing your best self, you're showing up. But TikTok is like you're really building community and having conversations or learning something that's educational that you wouldn't have an opportunity to learn in any other space. My only problem about TikTok is after you look at read a book or read an article or not, you have to have the sources, right? Anybody can go on TikTok and say anything, and the sources can be not accurate whatsoever. That's true. And a lot of people aren't insightful enough to look up those sources. They just go off the first thing that they see or the first thing and they hear. And believe it or expect and believe to believe it. Right. Um, that's valid, but in our day and age, I think what's interesting is when you have a category of books, right? You have fiction, you have nonfiction, mm-hmm. you know? So in the space of TikTok, you do have to do your research and you do have to understand, okay, is this fiction or not fiction? Where are the facts? Or is this just someone's opinion rather than mm-hmm. it being an actual realistic or is it opinionated rather than it being some source that was really researched or mm-hmm. there was evidence of this happening? So I do understand that... The, the space of TikTok is diverse in what they can offer, but it also is our job as individuals, no matter no matter what it's coming from, to do our own research. And that's why I'm also kind of worried about like things like ChatGPT, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not. I think it's really genius that we've gotten to a point within technology or a space that something can be programmed into putting together ideas. But then what happens to our brain when we're relying on resources that are doing work for us? You know? Mm. Where where does that sense of like curiosity or our sense of using our own mind and opinions 
become something that is also as valid as just using a computer that's probably accumulating all different sources and putting it in one space. Probably the same thing that happened when the first calculator came out. Mm-hmm. The first calculator was the first chat GBT. People were doing algorithms on, um, what's those little, little bead things on the board? Or doing it by hand or um, before they were like actual computers. Um, what was that movie with um, Taraji P. Henson in it? The ladies that were calculating um, <clears throat> hidden figures. Hidden figures, yeah. You know yeah, I mean? there's a formula to everything, and I think now the GBT thing, right, is a formula, but it's an accumulation of several different formulas mm-hmm. that people came up with, and they just kind of like, you know, how you kind of hit the refresh button. Mm-hmm. Each time you refresh, it's gonna shuffle a different opinion, or shuffle a different fact, mm-hmm. or shuffle a different something that's researched. But really what I have gotten from it is it's more so a summary of, a, of several different texts, right? But like something that someone has written, like, you know, I've always questioned the Bible because I'm like, okay, who wrote it? Mm-hmm. And there's always different testaments, right? So the same thing which had GPT, I'm like, okay, so I understand that this is not my perspective, but based off of what I typed, Whose point of view am I researching or whose point of view is coming out? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, same thing with textbooks. You open up a book and it's like, well, Britain discovered so-and-so, such and such. But, yeah, there's things that existed before. So it's a matter of just understanding the connection between the information you're receiving and what it's, how it connects to you as an individual and mm-hmm. what your opinion is. Um, so, yeah, like, even with conspiracies, right? with you kind of introducing me to that realm and having to like go down rabbit holes it's really hard for me with conspiracy theories because the more I go down a rabbit hole the more I start to believe it mm-hmm. but not all conspiracy theories are fact you mm-hmm. know it it just depends on who can engage you enough to make you feel a certain way about that topic <laughs> I I go down rabbit holes with conspiracy theories, in my opinion, that make sense. Mm-hmm. Like life outside of our perspective, our reality outside of our planet. Of course, if the universe is a very big place, infinite, infinite big, like we can't even comprehend how big galaxies in the universe is. There has to be other life out there. Absolutely. If we were to talk about UFOs, just that in the third, 10 years ago, people would think that we're quote unquote conspiracy theories. But there's people having conversations with Senate government, like reputable people that worked in government saying, hey, it's some crazy shit going on out here. And I think you guys need to know what's going on. And there's some black budget type stuff for there's some sections of the military that knows things. I got to tell you what's going on. Like they're actually talking about aliens now. Like it's no longer a conspiracy theory. Right. Which makes me wonder if that word is actual like an actual subliminal message to be like, well, today's opposite day. 
Yeah. But this this is actually a fact, but we're going to call it conspiracy so we don't freak you out. Exactly. So we don't make you question more about that thing. Right. And I think it could be one of the tactics, right? The whole programming thing. We don't want them to invest too much time in this or too much energy. Mm-hmm. But how do we go from aliens being a conspiracy to it now being a conversation that is actually fact? And what's next? Bigfoot? Mermaids? <laughs> like, like what, what else is out there? Uh, werewolves? Vampires? Like, what else is out there that they've tried to cover up? So we can be stuck in this um, constant revolving door of BS. To sum it all up, I really think it's a superiority kind of complex, right? Or the the, the belief. It's It's a racist belief, I think. Because for someone to believe that you're the only race that exists or the only species that exists on the planet Mm. that has a sense of being a sense of like understanding all of this like how can we how dare we believe that we're the only ones Mm -hmm. you know and so i think it's it's it is it's it's kind of like a it's a way of feeling more supreme than others to say oh no like this is how it's gone and you know aliens are fake or not they may not be something that are called aliens you know they may be a different version of human Mm. it could like we don't know but the fact that we've you know some people have kind of slapped people's wrists that are talking about these things but now all of a sudden we want to believe that these things exist why my question mm-hmm. is why? Like, why do you guys want to introduce this information? Why did you introduce the information, ignore that information, and then decided not to go ahead and address it, you know? Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, we're telling you we, we have aliens, but it's, you know, classified. I it doesn't make sense. A lot of us as a collective won't know how. I think whoever's <coughs> controlling whatever this is are like thinking a hundred years ahead instead of, you know, the regular you and I just trying to think about what we're going to do tomorrow to, you know, help benefit us. But they know how we're going to react to certain things when certain pandemics happen. They knew that people buy toilet paper and sell it out and just go crazy with shopping. Exactly. Every is planned every Black Friday when I was growing up, people were running over each other for fucking TVs and microwaves and shit like that. Um, every Christmas, we're programmed to buy gifts that we'll fuck around with for a couple of months and then we forget about it. And the next year, we buy more shit. And is consumerism. And we're so entrenched in media and consumerism that we don't see what's really going on. Like the Matrix, when Morpheus pulled out the red pill or the blue pill. Do you want to be content with your circumstance or do you want to really see what's going on? And the people that took that um, pill that showed them what really was going on, figures like Jesus Christ or figures like, you know, MLK, like those revolutionaries, like, yo, 
Y'all don't see what the fuck is going on out here? Let me, let me, let me speak to you. Talk loud. Let me, uh, Fred Hampton, let me speak to you in a language that you understand so you can really see what's going on. And we see it, but we also see that Fred Hampton died. Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot more Fred Hamptons, but not as much, you know, to make a difference. Mm. And we can always talk about the Fred Hamptons. We could always talk about Bob Marley, who I think, um, you know, something happened to him as well. Because he was too adjacent to people that were in power that they wanted to have a certain Mm -hmm. outcome of how they wanted that Jamaica to look like. But it was, you know, it wasn't flying. Like, they wanted to unite that situation. Not Keyword, unite. Because Bob Marley had black people, white people, people all over the planet singing his songs to and bringing day. them t- together. To this day. But we have people like that that completely change our lives for in a positive note. But mm-hmm. they never see the light of day. And it's always the people that are in power doing some fucked up shit that end up staying longer on the planet. I wonder why, though. That's crazy. And and causing more pain. And I think, I mean, the lesson for us, I do believe, is we will get gems, right, that are telling us and showing us and, and, and giving us examples of what it looks like in this reality. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, I feel like Love does prevail. All of this stuff does prevail. But I do think evil lasts longer because it's feeding off of our our, our reaction of nothingness. It's feeding off our fear. Feeding off. Yeah, exactly. It's feeding off our fear. Mm-hmm. And we're all scared to take that pill that allows us to find a different approach in doing things. Mm-hmm. Another one is, is Michael Malcolm X, right? Where he was just like... Forget, you know, no violence, whatever. We're gonna you we're gonna fuck shit up as much as you guys are fucking us up. Mm-hmm. And at some point, and nobody talks about this. Martin Luther King was on the same wave at some point. Like he was like, you know what? Yeah, like mm-hmm. this is. But at that point, it's like you can tell when whenever they're not liking the narrative of how something is going, that they take something away. One more example, because I know I'm going on a rant, is like um, COVID, where all these people could see that we could do our job at home comfortably, and people were enjoying. They're like, oh, y'all are having fun at home? Mm-hmm. While a lot of these businesses were paying millions, maybe billions of dollars for these buildings that they were housing these employees. But mm-hmm. now... That that market has gone down drastically. So what are they going to do? They're going to force everybody to go back to work. But if you're not going to go back to work, we're going to start laying you guys off or punishing you for staying home for that long and or sitting on your couch. firing you Doing work. and hiring chat GPT, which is free. Okay, so we see that they're playing with us, but we, we don't have time to be like stopping everything and be like, y'all are playing with us. Because that's just a surface issue. We have other shit that we're worried about. Whether it's TikTok or whether it's paying our bills. Mm-hmm. There's other priorities that we would rather be doing than focusing on what's actually happening. We're too, we're too distracted. There's no way. And that's what I think that is feeding our fear, right? 
the idea that there are so many layers upon our lives that were designed for us that we can't even get to the root of that mm. level of control. Like, you know, there are multiple matrices we have to go through to get to that one machine that's running everything. We'll never get there. I think we would. Not in this life. Not as a collective, but individually, I think we would. Yeah. But I think when we would, nobody's going to have the ability to be rich. Like, there's there's a reason why everybody can't be a billionaire. Why is the goal for us to be billionaires? It's not the goal. But that's the vision we think is equates to success. success. We don't know what it looks like without having wealth or power or being higher up above somebody. We don't know what it looks like. I think a lot of that is the illusion of choice. Even though they seem to be well off, a lot of those billionaires or millionaires still have broke people issues. That's true, but a lot of us... Because look at Kanye West billionaire divorced seems extremely unhappy look at Jeff Bezos billionaire divorced his wife over uh, I think they were like maybe 20-30 years married he seems happy but is he happy we don't know what's going on in his house and I think a lot of these um, wealthy people try to fill those holes with material things. But as we know, the Egyptians try to bury all that shit with them, but they end up getting robbed when they were dead. Like, Yeah. And that's, that's also bears a question, right? What is, what does happiness look like? Cause you can go to any village. I can tell you from any village on the continent of Africa and people don't even have shoes. They're walking, you know, like, I'm talking about people that are so impoverished and don't have opportunity, but they're willing to go to school with no shoes. Mm. They're willing to do all this stuff. And they're smiling, you know, could be struggling. But it's like you find time to find joy in the small things. Mm. Whereas somebody that you were saying has everything but feels nothing. You know what? guess we could end end on this, but you know what that reminds me of. You remember... um, watching The Wiz, right? And it was an old lady who had stuff just stacked on top of her back. Hmm. Like, just a whole bunch of stuff. A bag lady. Useless things just piled on top of her, weighing, weighing her down. I think that with consumerism, depending on how much finances we do or we don't have, that's the amount of stuff that's weighing us down. So the richer we are, the more stuff weighs us down. So the less we have, uh, f- finances, consumerism, whatever, it doesn't really weigh us down as much. We think that's nice. We think all the shiny stuff and the jewelry and the fancy cars and all that. Freedom. We think that's freedom when that's not really freedom. Because you're still in prison under all of that stuff. It's a facade. It's a facade. And I and I do I do agree with what you mentioned about it. 
And I do think that that's probably why a lot of people who end up having or gaining fame quickly end up having breakdowns or something mm-hmm. where you see that it's not all that it's made up to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can give an example of some people, you know, from the outside where it's like, okay, they come from a good family background. They still have family around them and things like that. But we don't really see the ins and outs of what, how lonely it could be or how detrimental to be it could be nice to buy everything in the world mm-hmm. but are you happy Mm-mm. that doesn't make you happy i guess i don't know but either way whether you're poor you're rich whatever i think it starts within us to to know that it's okay to be where you are and you know what i'm sorry i, thought I said we was going to end on that but i think that all of us as a collective, whether it be the powers that be or us that's not in power, are led by fear of not having, either not having enough or losing what you have, which is why there's a lot of different things that they do or try to keep us back is because they're afraid to lose what they have they're afraid to lose their power their wealth their influence or be questioned about it because they are they they know that us as a collective on the bottom are more than them in power like there's more of us than there is of them it is but we also always say them right so they're not going to get completely afraid like we are until we know who the they that we mentioned they is, they is mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who they truly are. Because if we can point A, B, and C, whatever their names are or whatever the corporation is, they're exposed. But the mm-hmm. fact that we have, we say they is that they're still in power and control because we don't even know who they are. We I just think say we they. do. I think we do. We just say they. But we can't say on this podcast because we won't have a podcast anymore. <laughs> right. But I, I, I disagree. I don't think we know who it's there. We can assume we know, but we just really don't know. There's theories out there. Mm. I can send you down a lot of rabbit holes. I don't know if I can handle one for tonight. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. If you are an artist that would like to be interviewed, reach out to us. We would love to interview you. Peace.